0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Morning After Show where we get into it with beautiful black women who are doing their thing in business and branding. Today, we have a phenomenal woman on the show. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. She has given me so many tips, tactics, and techniques to transform our personal and professional finances. Everybody, please welcome Khadija of Money Honey. Welcome, girl. How you feeling? I'm doing well.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on your platform. I'm so honored.
0: Oh, I'm so honored. For me to be able to have a conversation with a CPA, guys, listen, the stats on Black CPAs is less than 1%. Of all CPAs. Right. You better tell them. So, how many are black women? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's why I told you this was like my big fish. Like, I'm so honored to be able to talk to you and ask you some questions. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I've been following Money Honey for a really long time. And if you could just take an opportunity to talk about your brand and who you are and what you've been doing over the last couple of years, um, I know the ladies need to hear it.
1: Absolutely. So I can literally talk about myself and my brand all day long, um, but I don't want to take up the whole episode. So <laughs> I'll just be very brief. Um, so hello, as I already mentioned, everyone, I'm Khadija. I am a CPA, an owner of Money Honey Financial, which is an accounting firm dedicated to tax prep, bookkeeping, and business formation for small businesses and individuals. Money Honey started way back when it did not start as a tax firm. It did not start as even an entity that was making money. It literally started as a financial literacy brand where I spoke about personal finance, right? I share My story on how i was budgeting on how i was paying down student loan debt on how i was choosing which credit card i wanted to use and how i was spending on my credit card and it really started because i had a conversation with a professor and i asked him a ton of questions about credit cards and buying stock and i'm like hey like i'm a finance major but i got all these questions like i don't even know where to buy a stock and he answered them all for me. He spent like an hour and a half and when I left his room, I was like, how many people have these same questions, but they don't have the opportunity or the privilege to pull up to a professor's office hours and just ask them? So that's when Money Honey was born because I really, really, really wanted to be able to Cultivate conversations around personal finance and financial literacy in underrepresented communities. So, my baby was born on YouTube. I got some shitty YouTube videos out there. I think you might (laughs) still find them. (laughs) Um, And it transformed to Money Honey Financial maybe a year before I passed the CPA exam um, because I wanted to start making some extra money. I knew that I wanted to start monetizing. And I knew that I wanted to start developing a skill set that could help impact people directly. Um, and taxes was that for me. So started off with taxes. Now, a few years later, I am running this business full time. So it was a side hustle for a long time. Now it is my full time job. I am loving it. I am stressed maybe like every other other day. It's not as stressful <laughs> as I thought it would be. Um, but it does have its ups and downs for sure.
0: Well, I just want to say congratulations on making that move to full-time entrepreneurship. I know a lot of people who are members of Lady Bourbon Social Club either are in that journey now or trying to get to that place. So like you said, it's a every other day when loss. continue to push and have faith. So congratulations on that for sure. Thank you. So one thing I definitely wanted to touch on is the beginning. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you started off with just financial literacy and it's really interesting how things happen because I think that when you first started Money Honey with that mission was Mm -hmm. when I decided that I needed to become financial literate because Mm -hmm. as a lot of people may know, I started off bartending to Uh, pay my bills um, and just taking like gigs that didn't really pay that much in arts and entertainment and I said to myself um, I'm always like looking forward to the next day the next tip out the next check and I'm just like I cannot continue to do this like there's something that I'm missing here Uh, when it comes to money, because a lot of bartenders know Friday and Saturday, you may have like a thousand dollar weekend, but then by the next month, it's like, oh, I need to get, I need to pick up an extra shift. I need to do this. I need to do that. So when I decided, like, I really need to understand personal finances is when I believe you really started to do money, honey. You were having um, live Q and A's with people who were um, focused on budgeting, expenses, stocks, and all of these things. And you talked about a savings account, an online savings account that had um, a high yield interest and I still had the market savings account yeah. right to the side. They need to be seen for that. No, they, they definitely <laughs> do because not only do I have it but I told other people about it. So I know at least five other people who opened up that online savings account because the whole thing was like, listen, it's not a physical branch. It takes about seven days or so for you to get that transfer back into your check account. So listen, it's a deterrent for you to continuously tap into your savings. Like, okay, I'm just going to move $60 this week over into my check-ins account because that's not really the point of saving. So I definitely just had to say that that so many things that you dropped in the beginning, I am still you for now.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Because sometimes like you you don't know if people are listening and you don't know if what you're sharing is resonating with people and you don't know like if anybody even cares. So it's really get- great to hear that like even back in my poor YouTube days, I was able to (laughs) have an impact um, that has literally lasted this long. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yes, most definitely. So let's start again with the basics. If you are just starting on your financial literacy journey, where do you think that people should start? Like, what are the first steps? Because I know people will sit down with their finances and say, I got a pass-through bill. I got upcoming bills. I have student loans. I have credit card debt. Um, and it may be so overwhelming where you just don't do anything and you just right. continue on with your bad habits. So where where do you start in all of that?
1: Right, that's a really good question. And I'm happy that you said some people will sit down And they'll see that they have this that needs to go out, this that needs to go out, this coming in. Because so many people don't even take that step, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many people don't even just sit down and be thoughtful about their finances. So I would say that the absolute first step is deciding to sit down and have a conversation with yourself and be real with yourself about where you currently are. Um, I think a lot of times, sometimes it's easy to just be like, damn, Pico calling me. (laughs) <laughs> okay, the mortgage, or right, let me figure out what I got to do to pay this bill. Or right, let me move some things around to pay this bill. But we never really sit down and try and come up with a plan. So I say like the basic, very, very, very first thing that you have to do is shift your mindset and actually take the step to sit down. So now what do you do once you sit down, right? Right. So you sit down and I personally believe that, There's two things that are very important as you're trying to figure out what it is that you're doing with your finances. I'll say the first thing is you have to understand where you currently are. So for me, what that looks like is writing out all of the balances in my checking and savings accounts Any, like, if you have, if you're at the point where you have some money in, like, the stock markets, like, what are those balances? Do you have a 401k? What's that balance? I'm writing all of that out, right? That's all of, like, the positive stuff. And then I'm also writing out all of the negative stuff. Okay, well, (laughs) I got student loan debt. How much is that? I got a mortgage. How much, like, is, what's the balance on that? I got credit cards, right? Like (laughs) a couple of them maxed out, right? Like how, how many is, how much is that? And really like be real with yourself and see what that picture is, right? Like when you, when you look at how much cash you got versus how much you owe, is it positive or is it negative? For me, when I did this exercise, it was eye opening because it was negative as hell. And granted, like, it was, it was a good negative because it was student loan, like most of my debt was student loan debt, and luckily I didn't have any credit card debt, um, but it was still eye-opening to see, like, wow, like, damn, like, I think I'm doing, I just graduated college, I got this job. I'm but my net worth is negative right right. (laughs) and for me that's when I start actually started aggressively paying down my student loan debt and I started to really understand the impact of like what just paying a minimum balance does because I'm like wait I've been paying my student loans for over a year how come it's still in the same spot
0: so they have you on a 30-year plan literally so uh
1: I'm like, the first step is to just take an inventory of where you currently are. I'll say the second step after that is to take an inventory of like what it is that you regularly have going out and understanding the difference between your income versus what you have going out. So, okay, I know I get paid twice a week and I also do... Uber, maybe a few times a week. And I usually get X amount from here. Think of that. Okay, that's my monthly income. All right, now what are your bills? All right, I have rent, I have car note, I have car insurance, I have this minimum payments on all of these credit cards, minimum payment on my student loan debt, my gym membership, Fenty Savage Fenty comes out that with dollars forty five <laughs> ninety nine comes out forty nine ninety nine comes out once a month if I forget to skip, and if you like me, you almost always forget to skip, right? And, uh, <laughs> and really just take inventory on what's coming out and that also will be an exercise that is very eye-opening to you as well because you might see like oh shoot like I don't make enough to cover just my basic bills, like this, not even me eating. Right, out. this not even me going to get drinks or getting movies. This is just the shit I need to live. Right, right, yeah. So that, that might be that exercise will be eye opening for you, but it's not until you understand all of those factors and those variables that you'll be able to actually put together a meaningful plan. And I say meaningful because sometimes we do things with good intentions, right? Like we've been like, "I'm only going to spend five hundred dollars on food." But like what if you really don't even have five hundred dollars to spend on food? Right? Like you don't you you gotta you gotta know these things before you can start putting together these realistic plans for yourself and for your money. So I think like I know that was a long answer. But I would say, like, the absolute the absolute first step is to, like, make the commitment to sit down and actually address your finances. The second step is to really take inventory of where you currently are. So, like, how much cash do you have? How much debt do you have? And then a step further, how much money do you have coming in consistently versus how much you have coming out? And then once you understand those things, you can start to make a plan towards, Okay, like I need to make more money. I need to cut some things off. All right, you know what? I I, I got enough. Like I can save a little bit more money. I can put some more money in the stock markets, but you won't know that until you take that
0: initial inventory. I agree. I think that putting something on paper, Ooh. not even just talking about finances. Everything I am mean, talking about goals. goals. Right? <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> putting something on paper takes it from thought to reality. And that can be very scary. It can be very overwhelming. And when we talk about just changing your mindset, I think that when you sit down, you have to have the mindset of Everything is going to be okay. And no matter if that number is positive or negative, you are still successful because you decided to start. Right. And that was the thing with me. Especially because it was like I'm bartending, I'm a tipped employee, right? Hourly, most bartenders around the country, they make about like two fifty an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two dollars and fifty cents. Let me mm-hmm. be very clear about that before anybody thinks they're just gonna sign up to be a bartender, and make much more fifty dollars. <laughs> um, two dollars and fifty cents, right? And then now we transitioned into this place where they want to put all the tips on a check and that check gets taxed, mm-hmm. right. Um, so you sit down and you're thinking to myself like, okay, I'm a tipped employee um, and I have all of these dreams. I have all of these bills and I know already that I'm not going to come out on top. And I don't want to see that. I don't want to actualize that, but you know, you're not that number, right. you know, you're, you're not the number that's in your bank account, whether you have a dollars or you had negative 50, but a couple overdraft fees on there, you right. know, it's about really, like you said, that mindset, To say, I'm gonna commit to this journey. Um, So, with that being said, what do you think is one of the biggest things that stops people from mastering their personal finances? Is it like taking out more credit cards? (laughs) Is it, you know, um, not saving enough? Um, Is it, you know, being unrealistic? Like, in your experience, what do you think you've seen that has really been um, the catalyst for people like staying exactly where they are? Trying to keep up with everybody
1: else or at least trying to keep up with like what they think everybody else got going on. One of like the beautiful things, like a privilege that I get into being an accountant and being someone that people trust with um, their like information about their money and talking about money is that I get to see who like who really got it and who don't. And you'd be surprised, (laughs) like the people you think got it, they don't, they don't got it the way you think they got it. Um, so I think that like a lot of times, one thing that I've noticed is that people that are trying to keep up appearances, trying to keep up lifestyles that they really can't afford, they, that's probably one of the biggest issues I see in our community, um, yeah, I would say that that's one of the biggest. I also would say uh, people not planning well, right? Like one popular thing that I'm finding as a recent is like that damn Klarna and Afterpay. Um, yeah, That adds up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and like no, personally, like personally, I haven't, I haven't used it. Um, yeah, I thought about it for like these like Prada shoes that I wanted. Um, But like people, there's people that like use it for things that are even smaller, like Shein and Fashion Nova, and it just adds up over time and it kind of like catches up to you. Um, So I'll say like some of the the biggest mistakes that I see is just people overspending um, to keep up with like some sort of lifestyle that they that they think, I mean, obviously, like, you deserve it, right? But I also don't think you deserve to be in debt. Um, right. <laughs> so, like, you deserve, like, we all deserve nice things, but I think every, there's a season for everything and for everyone. Um, so, I would probably say, like, people overspending, uh, people, like, putting a lot of shit on Afterpay and Klarna and, and uh, not really having a plan for how they're going to pay it down. Um, I won't say that it's, like, people not saving, um Because I do think that there's an income issue as well. Like, I think people aren't making enough. Um, And it's hard to, like, save when you don't have enough. Like, when you feel that you don't have enough to save. But I always try to encourage people that, like, like something is better than nothing so even if you only got ten dollars that you want to switch over to your savings account you should do that like when i started investing in the stock market it was like ten dollars a week i just had ten dollars a week automatically going over into my stock account and that's like very little um but people think that they like can't save unless they have like these large amounts to be able to save and i think that's a huge misconception that kind of sets people back um did I answer your question? I know I read no, a little. No,
0: no, you definitely did answer my question. And it's crazy that you even said that because I was going to bring up something that you said about the Marcus account and saving that you should automatically deposit into your savings in an amount that you won't miss.
1: Listen, um, and like I will literally, never
0: forget that.
1: <laughs> right. Like you have to set it and forget it because, like, when it comes to to money, especially in our community, it's so much emotion tied to it. Right. So like a lot of times we don't, like even for myself, like when I would like move money to my savings account, I had to like train myself to not think that I was taking money from myself. Like girl, like you just redistributing your wealth. You're not taking money from yourself. But whenever yes. it came out that checking account, I felt like I was just making myself a little a little more poor than I already was, you know, but like, (laughs) that's, that's not what's happening at all. It's me redistributing my wealth. Um, So I had to completely take that emotion out of it. And in order for me to do that, I just had to set up something to automatically go. And like, even now I hit my emergency fund goal and I keep telling myself that I'm going to stop pushing to, I'm going to stop pushing money to like automatically go to this one account and start moving it somewhere else. And like, you know, you procrastinate on things and like life happens and I forgot, but like, it's okay that I forgot because that money is at least it's still going somewhere. It's still being saved somewhere. Um, so I'm a huge fan of automating. Like automate as much as you can. I need to automate my mortgage payment because it's never on time because it's just like, ugh, uh-huh. oh my God. Yes, definitely. Do not, yes, not want to give that <laughs> check to the bank. Do not. At all. I'm,
0: I'm right there with you. I'm like, right there with you. Like
1: my car like, payment, I got them taking it right out. But this is like something about that mortgage. I just have a hard time transforming, right? Just (laughs) transform it over. I need to automate that (laughs) before I get myself in trouble.
0: (laughs) Yes, um, I definitely agree with you. And that brings me to the next thing that I wanted to discuss with you. What's the difference between budgeting and saving?
1: Oh, huge difference. So budgeting is really you making a plan for your money. Uh, Budgeting is like, some people don't like the word Budgeting. Um, for people who don't like the word budgeting, because it feels restrictive, I think of it as like, just you being the boss of your money and you telling it where to go. So instead of at the end of the month, you'd be like, damn, where all my money go? You actually know where it went because you told it that like, this much was going to go to this and this much was going to go to that. Saving is very different. Like saving is just you putting away money for a particular event whether it's your short-term savings or your long-term savings, the budgeting will be able to help you figure out how much you actually can afford to save. You know how like you mentioned earlier or did you mention it earlier? You mentioned earlier that like sometimes like, oh yeah, you did mention it earlier with the Marcus account, like because it takes seven days, you less likely to move it back into your checking account. Like- That's happening. Like that happens because we're saving. Like sometimes you you save more than you can afford to save. So you end up having to dip into your savings. But if you have like a budget or a plan, then you know exactly how much you can afford to put away and you're less likely to even need to go into it because you're only putting away what you can afford to put away. So I'll say like a budget is really like that overall plan or strategy that's going to help you figure out where you can even afford to put your money and how much of it you can you can put it there so think of budgeting as like the tool to figure out how much money you can save or invest and even spend or if you need to make more
0: you know it's so funny that you said some people don't like the word budgeting because i think that i was a part Event. Um budgeting for me kind of sounded like dieting like okay, right cut it out this is what we can't do it seems so restrictive and you know I'm a free spirit I'm super moody and if I want to just go buy an iced chai you know I want to just go ahead and do that I don't want to be reminded that I've already gone <laughs> over my Starbucks budget for the week so it's really really funny that you said that And I think the biggest thing for me was I never was successful with budgeting before, Mm -hmm. you know, I started following Money Honey and applied the tips and things um, that you gave. I wasn't really successful with budgeting. I would make these budgets and, you know, put these hard rigid lines on it. And, you know, after every month. I'm still in the negatives or I'm still transferring money from my savings into my check-in, you know, I'm still picking up extra shifts, you know, to be able to cover something else. And it was something that you said about making a realistic budget that really Mm -hmm. transformed everything for me when it came down to budgeting. Like you had said something along the lines of, if you know that you're going to go to happy hour every week, you know that you're going to spend at least $50 on happy hour every week. You need to put that in your budget instead of trying to diet and say like, I'm going to cut out, you know, getting my nails done. I'm going to cut out, you know, going to happy hour. Now, of course, once you sit down with your initial finance plan and you look and you see how much money is coming in versus how much money is coming out, you make that decision. But It's the things of like not being realistic, you Mm -hmm. know, with your budget and being honest with yourself. Like, hey, listen, my value system is happy hour, hair and nails. And I need to be realistic with that and put that in my budget so I can make sure that I'm feeling successful in my financial plan. Because like you said, um, long-term versus short-term, if you're failing at that short-term so much, it just makes the long-term seem Mm -hmm. so unattainable and you just say forget it all. I'm going to um, do whatever it is that I want with my money when I get paid on Friday or when I get my tip out or whatever. So can you speak more towards like creating a realistic budget that doesn't feel like you're dieting and cutting all of the joy out of life?
1: Yeah, a hundred
0: percent. And
1: you had said a few things that actually triggered some things for me. One, I, I don't know if you remember, when we were both living in New York, we got brunch and we were talking about budgeting. And he was like, I'm just an impulse shopper. I said, like, girl, make that a little item on your yes. budget. Like, you know that about yourself. So, when all I- right, like impulsively, I only got... Six hundred dollars a spin this month. Right. This is what I'm like. You know, this is how I'm feeding into what I know is going to happen because that's that's me. Also, I think you being realistic with yourself and understanding who you are is was going to really be helpful for setting that realistic budget. I also want to touch on the point that, like, how you compare dieting to budgeting, and how you also compared your journey of, like, at the end of the month, you still. Come up negative, or you still fall short. Like, how many times have you tried to lose weight and you keep taking progress pictures because you got to start over because you fell off, or you told yourself you was going to go to the gym? three times a week and you did great for three months, but then life life happens and life changes and your priorities shifted. I think the same way we give ourselves grace with these other journeys that we start, we also have to give ourselves grace as it relates to our finances as well. I think yeah. a lot of times we think that we're going to sit down, we're going to create this budget and it's going to be perfect the first time. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Like me, like my budget was like, it was it was so good at one point that I no longer needed to visit it because wow. I like I truly understood like my spend I kind of was like trained right like I knew when I was drawing like damn like I ate out three times this week like let me chill right because mm-hmm. I had I had been so used to I already the money that I was com- that was coming in was consistent all my bills were consistent my lifestyle remained consistent that like even those months when, and I don't even, I like, I recommend people visit their budget every two weeks, especially in the beginning. There was times when I went like a whole month or like two months without going back and like tracking my spending. But even when I did, I was still on track because so much of it had been ingrained in me. So I say that to say like, there was a period where like I was the budget queen, but like, (laughs) life changes so sometimes even how you budget has to change over the last six months my life has changed completely and I tried to budget the same way I was budgeting when I had very fixed expenses a very fixed income like I was still trying to budget the same way and the shit wasn't working I'm still like yo like why my checking account just keep getting smaller? Like I haven't gotten to the point where I need to dip into my savings yet. But this, like, this is like it it normally teeters around the same amount throughout the year, right? Like it don't, it don't dip, my checking don't dip this low. But I had, I personally had to reassess even how I budgeted. So back in the day, I would budget like uh, all right. I get two paychecks from Goldman. This is how much I know I'm making. And this is how much I has to go out. And then from there, whatever's left, I can do whatever I want with it. I never thought about all right, this much gonna go to groceries, this much is gonna go to my nails, this much is gonna go to 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 gas. I never thought about it. I just knew that I had this. This difference, and I could just do whatever with whatever it was that I wanted. And that's how I didn't feel restrictive at all. I just knew that there was an amount that I had to stay under, but I could use it however I wanted. It could be on gifts, it could be on brunch, it could be taking myself out. It didn't matter. That no longer works for me right now in the season that I'm in in my life, right? Like okay. my life is so different. Like the amount of times I eat out is is not as predictable. The amount of times I hang out with people aren't as predictable, right? Like, my life has just become a little less predictable that I actually have to plan and be, and my income is less predictable too, right? I'm a full-time entrepreneur now. I don't right. have, like, like, I don't have a job. Like, you know, like, when you work in corporate America, like, say you have a week and you don't feel like working, you you like you barely do work, you get paid, you still get paid. Like, if I barely right. do work, I don't get paid, right? Exactly. So, like, so I've had to become very rigid in my budget or in my diet and really be thoughtful about like, okay, like, um, uh, all right, this month, like, I know I want to get my hair braided. I know I want to get my nails done twice and, oh, you know what? Like, I'm only going to get my feet done one time. When I get my nails done, I'm going to get a manicure pedicure and then the other time I'm just going to get a manicure or a full set. Like I had to be thoughtful about how much that was. All right. Like Stephanie's birthday is m- this month. We're probably going to do X, Y and Z. Let me put that in the budget. Like, OK, like. I have this trip coming up like for the first time in my life right now. And and I'm still missing the mark. Like sometimes I'm still missing the mark, but I get I get closer and closer every time I sit down and do it. So I I say this long story to say that, like, it's a journey. And the first time you do it, you're probably not going to get it right. The second time you do it. You probably it won't be perfect. You'll get closer to perfect. And then eventually you'll get to a point where you're so damn good at it. You feel like you don't have to do it at all. But then life happens and life changes. And then you do have to revisit it. and You just have to be open and willing to go back and revisit it. Um, I'll say one thing that really helps with you being realistic is taking note of what happened last month. Sometimes like we go ahead and we, we set the same budgets and, and don't <laughs> learn from what happened last month. Like, right. girl, like right. you spent $600 eating out last month. Like, why do you think you are only going to spend two this month? Like, that's not realistic. Like it's not right. Find somewhere else to cut it off. Like, yes. like you, you have to. So I think that like, like, I know that was a very long winded answer, but I hope that like you were able to pull a lot from it. But, To summarize, I would say it's a journey, like with budgeting, you're not going to get it right the first time. And the closest you'll get to like making it realistic, you'll really have to make sure that you're learning from previous months, previous weeks, and that you're applying that going forward.
0: You know what? I think it's something so profound that you said as far as like looking back at your spending habits um, to be able to even assess what number or the amount to budget uh, because for me at one point like you said we both lived in New York when I came back to Philly I didn't have a car so mm-hmm. it was Uber everywhere and when I did my first budget I was like okay well I'm only going to spend $150 on Uber but that wasn't realistic because normally I was spending $400 a month
1: right (laughs) you know
0: like so "So i'm just gonna sit home it's not gonna go nowhere (laughs) yeah like that's that's just not realistic it's like that's the budget and to be honest that was what pushed me to get a car because i was just like listen hold on i'm giving uber four hundred dollars and at the time it was all of the uber pools and you know all of those different types of things the high rates and i'm just like i don't even have the peace of mind And yet I'm spending 400 plus dollars on Uber, you know, that's not even making sense. So sitting down with your budget from your current, your current budget, but then also looking at your past previous um, spending habits can put you in a place where you can say like, okay, that's not even cool. Like I don't Mm -hmm. even want to spend that amount of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, what I'll say is when I was in my last position because I'm a full time entrepreneur now too. But when I was in my last position, it was like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to call Bonchon and order $30 <laughs> chicken wings. And, you know, when I looked back at my Chase bank account app and, and I saw how much I was giving Bonchon a month, I was just like, you're out of your mind. You're like, you know? okay,
1: like I need to buy stock in this joint because like, really, I'm, I'm keeping
0: them in business. <laughs> the craziest part about that is, is that I went. Bought some (laughs) cornstarch, bought uh, a little grease thermometer. And I was like, I'm going to find a YouTube video and figure out how to do this Korean fried chicken because there is no way. I'm not about to open up a franchise. (laughs) Seriously. So it's just like, even that, like looking back at your spending habits, you could say like, I don't even want to do this. I don't even want to put that money into that area. This is something that I'm doing impulsively or this is an emotional buy. That brings me to my next... Thing right, I learned from you that you need to save with a purpose, Mm. so not just having like a savings account, like okay, I'm saving, there's one account and I'm just saving, like that's just what it is. It doesn't motivate you, you know, it doesn't make you feel excited, like oh, let me put money in here. So, what I learned from you is that you need to save with a purpose, so that's whether that's an, an emergency saving account. Um, retirement saving account, stock saving account, trip saving account. Um, you know, just being able to understand what you're saving for also puts you in a different mm-hmm. like mindset, um, too. And what I will say is do not sleep on having that emergency savings account. I think that's like mm-hmm. one of the things that I wanted to hit in our interview is that you may feel like, oh, like, you know, I had my savings account or oh, blah, blah, blah. But you know, to be able to say like your rent is $1,100, your car note is 312, you know, and if anything was to happen, how much money do you need to have in that emergency savings account? You know, because if you're just saving aimlessly and you say, okay, well, I have $500 in my emergency fund, that's not going to really do scratch for you, you know? So I feel like the the tip that I got from you is to be able to put, something specific on these accounts so you can actually have the goals with them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just $100 here, $300 here. Um, Is there anything else you feel like people need to understand when it comes down to saving with a purpose?
1: No, I think you, I really think you hit it on a nail. Like, I think that understanding your why is so, 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 so important because at the end of the day, when you have to choose between, calling Bon Chine and spending the <laughs> extra 45 minutes to go to the market cook then clean the kitchen. Like, if you don't understand your why, you're gonna call Bon Chine every time. Yeah. But when you know you have something big, oh, but I really want that house. Right. I really want I really want that down payment for that car. I really want these student loans going. <laughs> like you're gonna think twice before you spend the money that you shouldn't be spending. So like understanding your why is so, so, so important. Um, another thing that I also wanted to touch on while you were speaking, um, when you were talking about Banchon, I personally believe that like, I know you mentioned like writing out things is so important. That's why the way I budget, the way I track my spending, I don't use any apps. I use... um and I use Excel, actually, and yeah. I like that because, like, when I have to type in Chick-fil-A for, like, the fifth time, I'm like, girl, <laughs> like, like I don't even want, what are you doing? Like, it just, right. it, it holds me to another level of accountability that, yes. like, I just don't get when... Um, I have the apps. I mean, when I'm using the apps and I don't know if you because I I feel like like everything that we're talking about, I actually have a lot of this in um, a spending tracker that's currently available on my website and it's free. And um, like all of the steps that I kind of walk through, the tracker takes you through them. So there's a tab where you literally sit and you write out all of your balances for your your checking and savings account, all of your balances for your debt. um, And it calculates your net worth for you. There's another tab where you write out all of your income and another, you write out all of your income, you write out your expenses and it lets you know how much you have left over to kind of have fun with. And then there's a tab where you actually track your Spending each month and it it like will compare that to your budget to let you know if you're over budget or under budget um one thing that I try to do with budgeting to make it fun and I thought of this when you you had mentioned something earlier like like you like happy hour you like getting your nails done I had to like make my budget fun and like I made the categories fun so like okay. Like, when I'm, like, hair done, nails done, I'm buying makeup, I'm at Sephora. Like, that category is, oh, you fancy, huh? Because we all know. Yes, right, love like, it.
0: right? Like, <laughs> hair done, nail
1: done, everything did. And, like, anything for my car is they see me rolling. Yes, they <laughs> <man. laughs> So, I got, like, they see me rolling. And, like, um, what else is fun? Uh like, whenever it's, like, a gift or a donation, like, I have that set It's like, um, it's it's not always about me. And then, like, when I'm just going out, like, date nights or, like, friend dates or things like that, I have that set at, um girls just want to have fun. Um,
0: oh, yeah, like so, that. like,
1: really being fun with, like, the task that we don't love to do, finding ways to personalize them to who we are makes it – um a lot easier to deal with as well another thing to a point that you mentioned about having separate accounts for savings so like there's actually a a a popular financial term for that and they're called sinking funds and what Mm -hmm. that is is like and and marcus is actually a really good place to be able to create sinking funds because they allow you to create multiple accounts and you can title them whatever A sinking fund is pretty much just um, a fund where you sink money into for a particular reason. So some people will have a sinking fund for like uh, their car so that whenever something goes wrong with their car, like they just pull from that fund or like... You and I had a conversation recently about like rental properties, right? Like it could yes. be a sinking fund for that. Some, a lot of people will have sinking funds for travel. So they don't, they don't know where they're going, but they still moving in that $50 every paycheck to the travel fund so that when that friend calls them, like, you trying to go to Miami, like they're ready. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then they, right. then you can have one for, um, for birthdays or Christmas or like we do Thanksgiving big at my house and I'm always responsible for buying like the giveaways for game night. So like that my sinking fund would be towards that. Um, And something like that will also be included on the next version of the spinning tracker that I have, um, which will remain free forever. I think Um, I love that. But they'll just be buckets for you. Oh, another tab that's on the spinning tracker that I currently have available on my website is what you mentioned there's a tab for goals so like you write out what your financial goals are where you currently are with them and then every month you check in to see how close you are towards that goal so like like a huge summary of all of the things that we're talking about I have all in one excel spreadsheet that's free for whoever
0: wants it (laughs) I love that so Everybody, as soon as you finish listening to this episode, you have to go get that online spending tracker for money, honey. I'm telling you, like there's just so many gems, diamonds, pearls, rubies, all of that that I've collected from her over the years. And I know that that is a phenomenal resource that we can all use to be able to not just hit our financial goals, but surpass them, as well as be able to understand finances in the way where we can help somebody else. Because it's always about each one teach one over here so outside of just your overall brands and your spending tracker i know we touched on marcus is there any other like tools apps, software um that you would recommend to people who are starting their financial journey or could help them uh be better at it uh
1: that's a that's a great question and it's hard for me to answer only because um no, you've been following you've been following Money Honey for a while. I, I I always speak of a place from experience, so I can only share things that I've experienced, right? Okay. And um because I don't use like apps or things like that, there's really not much that I, I could I could recommend from that standpoint. Um I'll say that as you're getting started, I recommend um <laughs> my free spinning trick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
0: if, if that's all you need, if that's the grow, then that's it. Like if, if it's all in there, then that's what it is. Like also, we love
1: it. I also would suggest um I would suggest so so Marcus is a big one for um high-yield savings accounts. So just to give people backgrounds, so having an online savings account, they're high-yield savings accounts. The reason why they're able to give you a higher interest rate than the regular banks is because they have less bills, right? Like they're not paying for a physical location um, to keep up with. So they're able to pass that money back to you in uh, interest. So like, the interest is very substantially different than what you'll get at like a Bank of America or a Chase. There are a lot of high yield savings accounts out there. Marcus was the one for a long time that I pushed and that I trusted because the company that I was working for at the time owned Marcus. Um, But there's, and I still use Marcus. I haven't found any other, like I haven't Opened up any other high yield savings accounts, but there's a lot out there. Capital One has a good one. Synchrony Bank has a good one. Um, I think Discover may have one as well that has a high interest rate. Um, but like really, any bank account that's uh, insured by, I believe it's the FDIC, is 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 great. So if you can just find whichever one has the highest interest rate, I would go with that one and open one up. Um, If you're interested in investing, but like not really super savvy in the stock market, I have an account with a company called Betterment and they are a robo advisor. So you put the money in there and they actually do all of the trading for you. So you only really have the ability to say like, how risky you're willing to go versus how not risky you're willing to go but you can't you don't really have control over what's picked for you um i've been doing that for like years um actually like i have money going to going into that every week um and my returns have been pretty good from it um so i think that that's a really low risk way to get your feet wet in the market um because there's someone else doing the research for you. Um, and I haven't had any issues with them and, uh, like where I was working, it was like very hard for me to, it was very restrictive and I couldn't actually treat, like I could never go buy a share of Apple, um, or like I could never go buy like some Amazon stuff. So, um, so like, that was the one vendor that was approved by my company for me to be able to trade with because I didn't have control over what I was trading, um, okay. and the company that I worked for was a big deal. So, like, if they say something's okay, then I feel like it's okay. Right, <laughs> it's right. For me, so Betterment is a good tool um, for individuals to use. There, I'll say I will also like find some personal finance people on social media that you resonate with um, and follow them. Like, Anya, how much have you learned and gained and developed just by following my journey? I think that like a tool that people should be using is finding people who are talking about this stuff and making sure that they're tuned in. Um, and then lastly, like, like if we want to like, take it back, 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 back in the day. Like if you somebody who like the computer, you hate the computer, you hate apps, like pull out a pen and paper and do what you gotta do to make sure that like you're taking control over your finances.
0: Yeah, I love that you said find people um, that you like, that you can look up to and, you know, follow their journey because that was actually gonna be my next question to you is who are the people that you either consider to be your peers or somebody who um, you learned from or you're inspired by that's in the finance world yeah good question so
1: as of lately um the people the people that i've been following and stalking most have been like cpa entrepreneurs so i don't know if this that okay. relevant. Um, but I have some people who are like in my head, my big sisters, yes, <laughs> but, like, yes. um, but they're like more so in the, the tax world, I'll say for personal finance, I do have a client. I have these two clients. They're the budget queens and okay. um, they do a really good job at being realistic about like budgeting. So I like I like them a lot. There's this other girl, her name is Berna. She is so funny. So she was a former teacher. Let me see if I can find her Instagram. She does a great job um at like talking about Oh, her her Instagram name is Hey Berna. She does okay. a great job at um at, uh, breaking down personal finance. And then all like, as always, I would say from the very beginning, um, my FAB finance, Tanya Rapley, she was always someone that was like big for me to watch as it related to, um, personal finance. And then the budget Nista as well, Tiffany, I think her last name is like Alicia. Um, they're really dope black women in this space as well. I'll say like overall i think as of lately i've been more focused on following more like black women entrepreneurs okay. um to like as my motivation every morning. Like I have a few people whose page I go to. And that's creepy. I don't even know if I'm if I want to list it because it's like really creepy. Like I no, like it's really not.
0: Go, <laughs> no, I go it's to not. like if you could see my office, I have pictures of people I've never met. I wanna meet people who are dead, who motivate me, inspire me. Like it is what it is. Life is a mood board. Put it out there. I stalk you. I watch you every day. You start my day. That's how I get it going. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like that's Lady Bourbon Social, like, listen, we're obsessive over here. Yeah, no, I feel you. you So, I was like, entrepreneurs
1: that I like to follow that I think give an authentic message. Um, Ronnie Brown, I really like how she keeps it real. Um, Miss Business 101 is like the like, she's a CPA and she's like goals for me, like, everything she does. I'm just like, Oh my god! Like I can't wait to money, honey. Financials, like your business, like oh my yes. god, you're so dope. Like I think she's really cool, so I kind of like check in on her daily, and then or maybe not daily, like you know,
0: pretty I, you know, pretty <laughs> frequently. <other> day. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think those are my top two right now. And there's this guy named Duke. Duke loves Texas. He okay. is so quirky. Um, but does such a great job at breaking down just taxes for individuals and small business owners. Like I like he's not a CPA. He's an a agent, which is a designation specifically by the IRS for tax preparers. So it's also a big deal. Um, and he like I learned so much from him.
0: Oh my goodness. You gave us a great list where people can go and start getting inspired and motivated and having like extra people in their corner when it comes down to finances. Because like you say, it's a journey, you know, like yeah. it's going to look different at different places in your life, different stages as you have different goals. Like you and I, full-time entrepreneurs with rental properties and different things. It just Put your financial journey into a totally different place. So it's awesome to be able to have like other people to look up to, or to just see that it's possible, you know, in an authentic place. Because now with social media, it's a lot of people that look like, you know, they're wealthy and you know, educated in finance, mm-hmm. and so maybe it's not always legal, you know. <laughs> but like, um... it's, it's people be scamming, like really, right. I didn't realize how much people like. And so like recently, honestly, Khadija has dropped, like I said, so many gems, rubies, diamonds and pearls on me over the years that has transformed my mindset and my personal finance and my business finances. So my first goal with bringing her on to the morning after show was to talk about personal finances so we could just all be on the same playing field. And so you could really know how you can jump into business you know, because everybody wants to get grants and, you know, run a million dollar company and be publicly traded and all of that stuff. But you really have to start somewhere. And a lot of times you have to start with yourself. So I want you guys to know that this is not the last time you're going to hear from her. I'm going to tap her all the time (laughs) to really break down the financials so we can not only collect the coins, but we can keep the coins and grow the coins. That's the... That's the goal, cause making the money isn't that hard, honey. It's, it's really not. It's, it's not. Really keeping it it's and growing. It. And you know what? That's yeah. a myth, that's
1: a, another myth that I would bust. Like some people think that like their lives is going to change drastically when they start making more money. Like you still have to. There's still habits that you have to like you still have to have proper spending habits. Like if you don't know how right. to manage, well, one, if you don't know how to manage a thousand dollars, God is not going to give you 10, right? Like yeah. so you, you also have to, while I know I, I said that sometimes the answer is you making more money, like sometimes that's, that's flat out. Like you don't make enough to cover what you're spending, but like some, like a, When you make more money, you still have to be willing to make adjustments and have this plan. Like I have friends that make $250,000 a year. They still budget. Like I don't make $250,000 a year. I'm and like, so so like once people think that like once you get to a certain point, all of this stuff is irrelevant. And like the shit that you buy in just is more expensive. Like instead of your rent being 1500 your your rent is now 3000 And you still have to know how to, to budget and navigate your expenses um, no matter how much money you're making. But
0: before we wrap this thing up. Please tell all of the wonderful people out there where they can connect with money, honey, where they can get that spending tracker and where they can talk to you personally about all things money.
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. So you, I am most active on Instagram at miss.moneyhoney. That's M S period money, honey, spelled exactly like money, honey. Um, You can find the spending tracker on my website. That is Money Honey Financial. um if you go to it's on the home page but if you also go to shop it's there as well um and if you would ever like to book a consultation with me to talk about like taxes or your business stuff you can do that on my website as well there's a consultation link there Um, but yeah follow me on instagram currently right now i'm putting out a lot of content just around my journey like in entrepreneurship, like I i don't know if I mentioned, but like, I'm only like eight months in and it's been a hell of a ride and I've been talking about it pretty transparently on Instagram. So please follow me there um, and let me know that you like comment on something and let me know that you heard me on the morning after show. And yes. okay, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. I've had so much fun and I cannot wait until the next one.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time. Not just this time, but all the other times that you didn't (laughs) even know about. Okay. Me and my Marcus account, we thank you. Okay. (laughs) I can't wait until we talk about some other things next time. You will not be a stranger and have a great day.
1: Thank you. You as well.